Hey everybody, it's been, uh, well Jesus, four months since I've done a, uh, I guess you would say an episode of the podcast, uh, and if you remember what I've been doing, you know, lately on this podcast, uh, you'll understand why uh, I have been slowly, slowly reading and struggling through, uh, I guess you would say a read-along, or however you would say, of uh, Willie's book, his first Camp Crystal Lake novel, Mother's Day, and uh, it's, it's, been horrible if you've been through this bumpy road of mine that I've been doing this, but uh, I figured let's get it done and over with, rip the band-aid off. Um, Willie did just have a birthday, so this is sadly how we're going to celebrate. Uh, happy birthday, Willie. I'm sure no one remembered it because, you know, to pretty much everyone in existence, no one knows who you are, and uh, well, and if they do, you're not important to celebrate a birthday with. Okay, so I am now on chapter nine. And sadly, I was looking to see how much more I have to read of this garbage. I am on page 55 of 119. So I'm almost halfway through. There are 21 chapters. I do not know. I do not know how much I'm going to read tonight because it's late. And I just don't want to fucking do it. But you know what? I put my fucking foot in my mouth. I said I would do it. And we're going to do it. But I have my liquid courage. Because you fucking need that to read this shit. And uh, here we go. If I remember correctly, what has happened so far in this book? A whole lot of fucking nothing. Uh, kids went to the camp. There's some bullshit happening. And then I guess, what was it? The hunter is what he's calling him. Was possessed by Jason's mask. Recently killed a few people. And now as of the last chapter, he was watching the camp. Or I guess you would say the campers. Here we go. 20 yards away on the other side of the woods, or the other side of the campfire, and hidden in the dark woods, the hunter stood watching a small group of teenagers. Under one arm, he was holding the heavy cardboard box. His other hand, the one with four fingers, was closed tightly around his gun. He was breathing heavily through his mask. So like Willie peeping through the window of Kathleen Willowite, he's breathing heavy, staring at some possible naked chicks. Okay, here we go. Ugh. Chapter 9, Sleep Tight. And uh, if you are new to this, I don't know why you would jump in, you know, at Chapter 9. But I am reading this just as Willie has it written. Alright. <sighs> chapter 9, Sleep Tight. The group stayed by the campfire until almost midnight. Then Kyle and Suzanne walked off, hand in hand as always. Next, Boone yawned very loudly and said he was going to sleep. Monique gave him a questioning look. I'll walk you back to your cabin, he said. Right, thought Carly. So he, he put a period after right. So instead of right, thought Carly, you know, like you would do with a, with a comma, he put right, thought Carly. And he has right, R-I-G-H-T, period, then thought Carly, period. The T in thought is not capitalized, you stupid fuck. All right, right, thought Carly. Looks like I'll be sleeping alone tonight. When they reached cabin one, Carly stood at the top of the two wooden steps, looking down at Paul. Well, she said nervously, the words seemed to get stuck in her throat, like a penis in Willie's. Well, Paul said, he didn't look like he wanted to leave, but Albert was standing a few yards away, saying, Paul, 
Come on. Kind of like when <laughs> it's dinner time. Jeanette, come on. I want my Chinese food. Oh, Willie. Paul smiled at her, saluting slowly, then turned on his heels and followed Albert into the darkness. Carly's cheeks were burning. Damn that, Albert. If he hadn't been there, Paul would have kissed her goodnight. She knew it. And Willie wishes that she could have got, he could have gotten kissed by Paul. Purely speculation. <laughs> he cl she closed the screen door, giving it an ec She closed the screen door, giving it and extra tug in her frustration. Seven-time published author. She wished she could lock it just to be on the safe side. But what would be the point of locking a screen door? What a night. Her head was spinning. And not just from romantic excitement. She had already had to pee three times. The beard just rushed right through you. Okay. She wasn't enjoying the drunk feeling anymore. Just how long did it take to sober up anyways? Or would she feel like this for the next week? Okay. So, here, here, here we go. This was a question sentence. Just how long did it take to sober up anyway? Willie put a question mark. Then he followed it up like this. Or would she feel like this for the next week? Period. So he, you got two sentences. Both are questions. Only one has a question mark. Son of a bitch. Then she turned. And then she knew she wasn't alone. When her eyes adjusted to the darkness, she saw Monique sitting on one of the lower bunks. Where is Boone, Carly asked, surprised. He want to be alone? Monique sounded very depressed. Ah, uh, well, that's Boone for you, which it was. He, he could get moody and wander off for hours. Well, let him wander off and never come back, for all Carly cared. Moving slowly and with her hands in front of her, Carly made her way to what she had left, to where she had left her bags, my mistake, her large flashlight. I hate this cabin, Monique said grumpily. Carly played the flashlight beam across the cabin's dingy walls. The place did look pretty awful, kind of like Willie's bedroom. I've got an idea, Carly said. I've got. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind, okay. I actually thought that was a typo because of all the fucking typos Willie has done before. That looks like it was on purpose. I've got an idea, Carly said. Wow, she was slurring her words. How embarrassing. Okay. Luckily, Monique didn't seem to notice. Why don't we do some decorating, Carly suggested, enunciating each word carefully. Decorating? Monique sneered. You are silly. It's pitch dark. So? Carly unzipped her carryall and pulled out a shirt. Then she went to inspect the windows. One of the windows had a rusty curtain rod. She tucked in one end of the shirt over the rod, letting the rest of the material hang down. See, she told Monique, now we have curtains, at least for one of the windows. Cur Next, Carly used some extra sheets her mom had made her pack, draping them over the two prison-like bunk beds the girls weren't using. At least the sheets hid some of that ugly metal. By then, even Monique was getting into the project. She opened up her backpack and started arranging her various appliances on the window ledges. A hair dryer, a hair curler, an electric makeup mirror. Do they have those? An iron, a jewelry box. No wonder Paul had trouble lifting the pack. The two girls laughed happily as they become engrossed in their task. Their laughter carried outside the cabin. 
where a figure was slowly approaching through the darkness. Whoever it was, he placed... Whoever it was, he placed his black boots down carefully, heel to toe, to reduce the sound of his approach. Fucking idiot. When the two girls set up their sleeping bags, Monique immediately insisted on taking the bottom bunk. Carly didn't mind. Somehow she felt safer up there, away from that grimy floor, away from that grimy pu publisher who decided to... Oh, See, now I'm, now I'm slurring my words. Away from that, that grimy author who published these books. It, it doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? She tried not to think about all the bugs that would slither their way across that floor while she slept. Just like the cockroach that slid across one of the, Willie's videos. You know, there is a one of his coffee vlogs. I swear to God, if you watch it and you see the shadow of a cockroach go across his camera. I shit you not. Anyways, as you can tell, I really don't want to read this book. Carly climbed up to the upper bunk. Carly climbed up to the upper bunk and lay down. She tried close she tried closing her eyes, but the room started spinning, so she opened them again. She wondered if tomorrow she'd have her fur very first hangover. This business of being a bad girl somehow just didn't agree with her. Yes, cause she's a bad girl, cause she had some beer. Monique's husky voice floated up to her. So you have the hots for Paul, no? Carly leaned her head over the edge of the bed and grinned down at Monique through the darkness. She was glad Monique didn't see her blush. I have the hots for Paul, yes. He is good looking, but I think Boone is the sexy one, no? He is so wild. Yeah, Carly said bitterly. Too wild. Well, Monique said, I guess we should sleep. She started wriggling out of her tight jeans. She stopped abruptly. Did you hear something? No, why? They both listened. Finally, Monique, Monique sighed. I am not going to sleep so hot, I think. I know what you mean. Carly sat up on the edge of the bed. She unlaced one sneaker and let it drop to the floor with a clunk. I guess Susanna's right. We're not used to clunk. She dropped the other sneaker to the country. For the moment, they both sat silently on their bunks, listening to the sounds of the night. Monique asked, you mind, I, you mind I smoke in here? See, that's why I think Willie put a, a foreigner in this, so he can write in broken English, because that's the only way he knows how to do it. Carly hated cigarette smoke. She had read somewhere that you can get lung disease just by being near people who were smoking. She was about to say yes, but then she thought about what Boone said about her being such a goody-goody. Go ahead, she said, in what she hoped would sound like a careless tone of voice. A match flared. She smelled smoke. Tried not to cough. Carly? She looked down. Monique was frowning, the tip of her cigarette glowing orange. What? Carly asked. If I sleep with my teddy bear, you won't tell on me, will you? <sighs> Carly felt stunned. Monique? With a teddy bear? But she answered, of course not, with a hint of teasing. Looking closer, she saw that Monique was already clutching a little fuzzy brown bear. My mother gave it to me when I leave home this year, the French girl admitted. It helps me sleep. Carly smiled, and here she thought of Monique as so sophisticated. Well, she said, with a warm smile, sleep tight. Thanks, Monique said softly. You have a tight sleep, too. Carly laughed. She checked her watch half past twelve. She undid the brown leather band and hung it on a nail she found sticking out of the wooden cabin wall. 
She was about to click off her flashlight when she spotted the inscription on the rafter over her head. Jamie and Mick forever, 1953. The words had been carved inside a heart. She moved her flashlight along the beam, reading some of the graffiti that had been carved up here. There were so many names. And what if Boone said was true about Jason and everything? Then Jamie and Mick's love probably hadn't lasted forever. Nowhere near. Carly shivered hard, trying to put the thought from her mind. She decided to leave the flashlight on for a second while she undressed. She set a large plastic box next to her. Then she reached down and began to unbutton her blouse. But with the flashlight in this position, its large white beams was pointed across the cabin at one of the was pointing across the cabin at one of the screen windows, the one she hadn't covered. The beam lit up of the face of the man staring in, and it was Willie Patterson staring, drooling, masturbating. Well, well, that was a whole lot of nothing. Chapter 10, Visitors. <sighs> Carly almost fell off the bed. She gasped. Monique screamed, and then Carly realized who it was. Hi, Paul said with that sexy grin of his. Oh, my fucking God, Willie. <sighs> Didn't mean to startle you. How long have you been standing there, Monique demanded. Just got here, Paul said with a smirk. Why? He asked. What I miss? That's for us to know and you to find out, Monique purred. Jesus Christ. So much for her new friendship with Monique, thought Carly. Now Monique's playing, making a play for Paul, even though she knows I'm interested. So, Paul, Monique asked, what's going on? Nothing's going on yet, Paul asked, answered suggestively. Uh, but then he looked back up at Carly. It's really pretty out, Carly. The moon's almost full and the stars are out. Kind of hoping you could come for a little walk. You know, down by the lake. Carly felt a ting tingling sensation that covered her body. I bet you Willie felt a tingling sensation in his crotch as he was writing about Paul and his sexy, sexy grin. Her heart was beating loudly as if someone were knocking relentlessly inside her chest. Paul Sexton wanted to go for a midnight walk with her. Just a sec, she said. She jumped down from the bunk and fumbled with her shoes and laces, her fingers feeling suddenly thick and clumsy. Like, like thick, like fat sausages, like Willie's. Carly couldn't help it. Being nice was an old habit, hard to break. She crossed to Monique's bed. Monique, she whispered, do you mind if I leave you alone for a few minutes? Be honest, if you mind, I won't go. I only mind he asked you, not me, Monique whispered. And even in the dark, Carly could see the girl's grin. Go for it, she added, grabbing her hand. Again, the large... Oh, Jesus. Again, the screen door creaked open. Again, it banged shut. Carly stepped out into the night. And then the long, strong... The large, strong hand lunged out at her from the darkness and grabbed her. Gotcha, Paul said. She stared at him too stunned to speak. She barely escaped screaming. He took her hand. This way. You really do want to fuck this Paul guy, don't you, Willie? All alone in cabin six, Albert lay on his back with his huge day-glow orange sleeping bag. He had set up his bed on one of the bottom bunks. With no mattress, the bed's metal springs were digging into his back. Boy, I really need this, Albert told himself. I really needed to come all this way up here in order to be all by myself in the middle of the night, in the middle of the woods. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, never mind. Quotations. I needed this like a, I needed a hole in my head, he muttered aloud. Okay. 
Bored and annoyed, he clicked his flashlight on, off, on, off, and then quickly, on again. Before getting into bed, he had gone down to the lake with his black leather toiletry bag, flossed carefully, and then brushed his teeth with lake water. Ugh. He hated putting the mossy bilge in his mouth, but he couldn't go the night without brushing. If you've seen Willie's teeth now, mouth full of fucking chiclets, you know he doesn't fucking brush his teeth. You have dentist nightmares the whole night. Yeah. On his way back to camp, Paul had jumped out at him from behind a tree and scared him senseless. What a nice guy. What a wonderful and supportive roommate. Maybe when Albert got back to school, he'd go to see the dean and beg for the second time to be transferred to a single room. Maybe if he cried this time, the deed would relent. After all, Paul had a different girl in the room almost every night. He made Albert sleep on the living room sofa, too. And then he made so much noise, he kept Albert awake and frustrated for most of the night. <sighs> Only on page 61 of 119. At least I'm past, you know, the halfway point. Albert pictured Paul's cocky grin. Willie pictured Paul's cock. When he ran into him tonight, Paul had said, Guess where I'm going? Then he leered and said, Carly, Carly, here I come. He'd smacked his lips as if you're about to devour a tasty dessert, like Willie and red velvet cake. Paul Sexton, a total sleaze bucket? Of course, Albert was dying to trade places with him. That's why I wanted to come on this trip in the first place. That's why I wanted to come on this trip in the first place. Trip in should be two words, but he put trip in, no space. The first place, he reminded himself, to meet girls, he groaned. Why couldn't he be sleaze bucket for a day? Because he didn't have the confidence or the nerve, he answered himself. With a sad smile, he added so many girls, so little courage. Albert turned off his flashlight and placed it carefully on the floor. Almost at once, he picked it up again, clicked it on, and shone it around the room, as if an intruder could have slipped into the cabin in that half instant. He cited his own cowardice, and then he clicked off the flashlight one last. I think you're missing a word, Willie. Then he clicked off the flashlight one last, and then he has a space, and then a period. You forgot a fucking word. I'm sure you meant to say, then he clicked off the flashlight one last time. God, what an idiot. He grunted, and you think you have a fucking legacy? Like, these books are good? He grunted. <laughs> he grunted as he shifted uncomfortably in his sleeping bag. It seemed he had no choice. He could either have the springs digging into his left side or his right side. Some choice. <sighs> He was in the middle of turning over for what seemed like the hundredth time when he heard footsteps. Everything in his body tensed. He turned his head so sharply he pulled a muscle in his neck. Albert had always been terrified of burglars. Sometimes as a kid back in Providence he got so scared at night that in the morning he was sure he had fainted himself back to sleep. Stupid. But in all of his years of childhood the sounds he heard at night had never turned out to be anything more... Serious than the cat or the wind or a branch blowing in the wind or, oh God, this time there was no denying it. The footstep steps were real. There was no denying it. The footstep steps were real. So this motherfucker forgot a word earlier and added an extra word now. 
and they were coming right toward his cabin. Oh God, oh God, thought Albert. And then the intruder kept slop, crept softly up the two wooden steps right outside the cabin door. The door creaked open. Let me guess, there's going to be another fucking fake out, Willie. Boone? It was a girl's soft voice. I tell you, fucking called it. Took a moment for the relief to take over. For a second, Albert remained too scared to answer. The door swung open noisily, then banged shut. I look all over, the girl said, entering the cabin. All these empty cabins, so creepy. Carly went off with Paul, you know, and I get scared all by myself. You're not sleeping, are you, Boone? What? Oh, no, no. There was a stunned silence. Then a flashlight clicked on, shining right in Albert's face. He tried to grin winningly. Hi, Monique, he said. He could see the beautiful French girl only dimly in the spill of the light from her flash. Okay. But he could still make out the curves of her stunning body. He felt woozy with excitement at the thought of her in his cabin, even if it was a mistake. Where is Boone's sleep? she asked. Uh, gee, Albert said, I wish I knew. I didn't see which cabin he picked, but this campsite is huge, you know. He could almost be anywhere. Uh, I don't think you should go around looking for him tonight. I don't think it's really safe. He paused, pretending to think. And he paused. He paused, pretending to think. <sighs> hey, listen, he said. I've got an idea. There's loads of bed in here. If you want... This is Albert talking, not the French bitch. There's loads of bed in here, if you want to stay. His heart was pounding as he said it. <sighs> but what was the worst thing she could do for him for making such a suggestion? Shoot him? Her answer made his heart pound twice as hard. Ah, she said, that is sweet of you. Why is it the chubby boys like you are always such sweetie pies? Oh, Jesus Christ, Willie. I don't know, Albert said with a nervous giggle. Monique moved closer. She sat on the edge of the bed. Now, Albert's heart was pounding triple time. Please, please, please. Albert prayed silently along with each beat of his heart. Please let me kiss you. Oh my God, this is him and Kathleen. You know, I get so lonely at night, Monique said softly, batting her eyelids. Of course you do, Albert said. Who doesn't? But with my luck, Albert told himself, she'll agree to kiss me. But then I'll be so excited I'll have a heart attack and die before it happens. Oh, Albert, Monique said, running her fingers through his bristly dark hair. Everyone teased you, but I, I like you. I think you good person. I am, Albert said at once. You are very kind-hearted. And you, Albert said, are the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Oh, you see, Monique said, this is just what I mean about how sweet you are. Monique... His voice had gone up six octaves as he was coming in out of a scratchy whisper. Yes, Albert. Could I? Could I? Could I? Um, she laughed. You want to kiss me? He was stunned, too stunned to speak. He only nodded. Slowly, slowly, slowly. She lowered her beautiful head towards his. He, <laughs> he, luscious red lips. He. Luscious red lips. We're only millimeters from his own. Yeah, that doesn't sound fucked up. You really, really need to proofread your shit. Suddenly, she sprang back. But what is it? Albert stammered. 
A worm, Monique cried. She backed away farther, pointing at his forehead. Dazed and confused, Albert reached up to feel his forehead. He wasn't expecting to feel smooth skin. He knew he was sweating, and he knew that his forehead wasn't always where he... Wait, what? And he knew that his forehead was always where he had his worst pimple problem. <laughs> God. But what he wasn't expecting was to feel this thick, slimy lump. A lump? In one sickening second, he realized that that lump was not a part of his own body. He squeezed the slimy flesh and yanked. There was a loud pop as the worm came off in his hand. Monique shined he light. Yep, that's what it says. Monique shone he light on the huge bug that wriggled slowly in his palm. It was just like the worm he had seen that evening, sliding slowly through the grass. The worm was toad belly white and lining its gaping mouth was a circle of tiny but razor-sharp teeth. And then he has a dash afterwards for some reason. Or a slash, like a backslash. Monique screamed, you're bleeding. It was true. He could feel the blood gushing down his forehead, but it was as if he was paralyzed. He couldn't move. Monique's mouth opened as if to let out another piercing cry, but no sound came out. He was pointing. There's another one, he gasped. And another. Albert, look, look. With a calmness that amazed himself, Albert reached down and unzipped his sleeping bag. Well, how about that, he thought, with a voice almost insane reasonableness. Well, oh. Okay, let me finish this right here. Monique was right. There were more worms. In fact, his entire body was swarming with them. So this fucker's body is swarming with worms, and he literally just says, well, how about that? Oh my god. I just read the last fucking two sentences. Albert looked closer. The worms seemed to be in a feeding frenzy. And how do you like that? All that was left of his legs were the bones. Fuck you, Willie. Fuck you. Oh, Jesus, and I just fucking read the next... All right, we'll read chapter 11. Skinny dipping. No! Albert woke up with a shout. Fucking dream. He was sweating heavily, his breath coming in gasps. It took him several moments before he could calm down, before he could convince himself the worms weren't real. Wow, what an awful, awful nightmare. I had to read Mother's Day. <laughs> The worms aren't real, he repeated to himself. About 20 times, the worms aren't real. But as he calmed down, he began to realize something else that wasn't real. Monique's visit. The gorgeous French girl with eyes like dark buttons had not stopped by his cabin after all. Had not said any of those nice things. Probably wouldn't say them in a million years. Albert groaned just like me reading this book and hit the sleeping bag with his fist like I wish I could do to Willie's face. Another mistake. The sharp springs under the bag pinched his hand like metal claws. He gave a cry of pain, but it was really more a cry of frustration. Jesus Christ, there are so many chapters in this book that are fucking pointless. Oh. 119 pages, and so far I'm on page 66, and he could probably take out fucking 50 of them. Carly liked Paul. Monique liked Boone. Cal and Suzanne were joined at the hip like Siamese twins, and Willie loved cake. But who did that leave for Albert? No one, that's who. 
He was so frustrated he felt like going outside and howling at the moon. Walking. On the other hand, he was beginning to feel sleepy again. Closed his eyes and was asleep again before he knew it. And then, the fat white worm attached to his forehead finished feeding and slimed on its way. Okay. Carly considered pulling her hand away from Paul, but only briefly. The truth was she never felt anything so delicious in her life. Only their hands were touching, but it was as if their entire bodies were wrapped around each other. That it was how exciting it felt. They both had flashlights which helped them pick their way along the narrow trail to the lake. They didn't talk much, which only increased the tension and the excitement between them. Walking through the darkness in silence seemed more intimate somehow, especially since they were holding hands. They're holding hands, you dumb fuck. Of course it's going to be intimate. After a few minutes, the trail widened. Then they went around a corner and there was the camp's old gray dock. The dark waters of Crystal Lake spread out before them, the water shimmering and rippling in the moonlight. Crystal Lake sure is beautiful, Carly muttered. Just like you, Paul said softly. That did it. Carly could feel that jello feeling coming on as if her whole body were trembling. She was helpless. She was his. Fuck you. You don't see stars like this anywhere but in the country, Paul said looking up. It was true. The sky was clear as a bell, curving over their heads like a dark glass dome. It's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow, Paul predicted. Hmm, was all Carly could manage. Right now she couldn't think about tomorrow. Couldn't think about anything except now, now, now. <sighs> hey, he said softly. He waited until she looked up at him. He was looking down at her, smiling gently, tenderly. He was so handsome, it was hard to look at him directly. It was as if this bright light and you... It was as if he were this bright light and you had to shield your eyes. Carly felt faint. She saw Willie without his shirt. She had trouble believing this was really happening. But it was. Then Paul started moving even closer. He put those large, strong hands of his on his shoulders. You really want to fuck Paul, Willie. You really want to fuck Paul, don't you? All the time staring into her eyes as if he was hypnotizing her. And then his mouth was on hers. Oh, no, I don't gotta, I don't have to read Willie doing a make-out scene, do I? Motherfuck. He put those large, strong hands of his on her shoulders. All the time staring into her eyes as if it was hypnotizing her. And then his mouth was on hers. No kiss had ever felt like this before. Her body was melting into his. Fucking gross. A soft moan escaped her. A grateful gasp as if her body were thanking her for finally giving it what it had always wanted. His powerful arms were around her now. And then, as he kissed her some more, he suddenly lowered her halfway down to the ground. Like a swing dancer doing a dip. You f- That meant he had to wrap his arms- She had to wrap her arms around his muscular neck to keep her balance. She didn't mind. You really want to fuck this guy. So bad. And then he was lowering her the rest of the way down to the ground. Ground was a lot harder than she expected. Just because she was feeling like she was melting- 
That didn't mean there weren't rocks on the ground and hard-packed dirt. And Paul was on top of her. Oh, man. His heavy weight. Yeah, well, that's Willie. His heavy weight pressing down, crushing her. Like Willie when he sat on Belcazar and killed him. Purely speculation. Paul, she began. But Paul kept his mouth pressed on hers, making it hard for him to talk. Oh, kind of like Willie on a you know, forced date with Felicia Day. Now his hands begin roaming her body. Not gentle anymore, pulling, ripping at the buttons of her blouse. Oh, come Panic was quickly replacing her excitement. For a moment, she had the weird sensation of being an object of prey. Paul, she said sharply. He pulled his head back, looking innocent and surprised. What's wrong? he asked kindly. Had she been wrong to stop him? Her head was swimming. He looked gentle, harmless. There are rocks here, she said lamely. Oh, sorry. That must have felt good, Paul chuckled. Not. Oh, fuck you. When was not popular? Was it when these books were out? I don't know. She sat up and managed to smile. He sat beside her as she closed the blouse blouse. Excuse me. She closed the blouse buttons he had managed to open. Also, she said, lowering her head shyly, I hardly know you. Even as she said it, she felt a searing stab of shame. That's right. Make her feel shameful, Willie, that, you know, the man forced himself on her. At moments like these, her own virginity seemed like a big rock she had to wear around her neck. Suddenly, and for the first time in her life, she wished she were someone else. That's true, he said. I hardly know you. He cocked his head and peered into her eyes. But somehow I felt I've known you all my life. You know what I mean? Just like Willie and his soulmate, Kathleen Willowite. She nodded. She did know. He grabbed her sneakered foot and shook it. You don't have to do anything you don't want to, he assured her. Then she started walking his fingers up her bare calf. Thanks for saying that, she said, catching his fingers with her hand. Now his other hand was walking up the other leg. I don't want to rush you, he said in the same reassuring voice. She got to her knees. Thanks, she said again. She was feeling horribly foolish and unsure. Paul Saxon probably had never been so clumsy or inexperienced or shy a girl in his life, she told. Been with. So clumsy or inexperienced or shy a girl in his whole life, she told herself. Despite his serious expression, he must be laughing at her. Not only that, she had a feeling he was getting angry too. But his smile didn't fade. If anything, it broadened. Hey, he said, standing up. I've got a great idea. Somehow she didn't think he was going to she was going to think his idea was great. What? Her voice was a whisper. He nodded his head at the broad, dark light. She had no idea what he meant. What? she asked again, feeling frustrated that she didn't get it, as if she were failing an important test. A midnight swim. Her mouth dropped open in a small O. How about it? he asked. I don't swim, she said quickly. You're kidding. Nope. A little annoyance finally began to play across his rugged features. Oh, come on. Everyone knows how to swim. Not when your mother is terrified of you drowning and won't let you even take lessons you don't, said Carly. She laughed nervously. Paul put his hands on his hips, thinking, I'll give you a lesson. Oh, no, she said quickly. Come on, Carly. You can't put off your life forever. That hurt. I'm not putting it off, Carly said. Anyway, my mom's, my mom's not so bad. She just wants me to be safe. Jesus Christ, this chapter never ends. I got a little secret for you. The only time you're safe, really safe, is when you're dead. Paul offered his hand. She took it and pulled her up. Just a quick dip, he said. You'll love it. 
okay? Carly bit her lip. I don't have a suit, was all she can think to say. That's the best part of my plan, Paul said with a grin. Oh, God. She felt herself redden. What do you mean? There's no one around, Carly. No one around for miles. It's the middle of the night. See what I'm saying? We don't need suits. Her skin felt as if it were covered with prickles. You mean skinny dip? Paul nodded. Uh. Well, that's first beer down. I only have two. I've already decided this is the last fucking chapter for tonight. Fuck you, Willie. All right. Skinny dipping. Paul nodded. He watched her. Waiting a, waiting, a tiny grin on his face. He didn't move, though. That was smart, because if he had stepped toward her then, she would have never unbuttoned a single button. He doesn't think I can do it, she thought. And then, as scared as she felt, Carly felt a sudden impulse to go for it. Just rip off her clothes, run, and jump in the water. She fingered the top button of her blouse. Chicken, he asked. There was a nasty edge to his voice. She undid the first button. Her fingers were trembling. That's it, he said. I'm not even going to excuse myself for that burp. Fuck you, Willie. It's hard to see Paul's expression in the darkness, but it almost looked as if he was sneering. She undid a second button. A third. Then she closed it again. I don't feel right about this, she said. He sighed. Carly, he said, you're pathetic. Thanks a lot, she said, feeling the hurt and anger swirl through her. I, I just don't want to rush in anything. Oh, and when will you be ready, huh? Two thousand years from now? No, she said. Why was he being so mean? Maybe some other time. Oh, right, Paul said. I mean, when are we going to have this chance again? Thank God, two and a half pages left. He then reached down and pulled his striped rugby jersey over his head. He let the shirt drop to the ground. It's now or never. Oh, God, I just saw the next sentence. Carly blinked. She, he, he really wants to fuck Paul. Carly blinked. God damn you, Willie. I hate. You know what? The heart wants what it wants. I don't judge you for speculating what your sexuality may be. But the way you write this about Paul and all of his fucking muscles. Carly blinked. She had never seen a body like his. At least not this close. He had muscles everywhere. They went all the way down his stomach in little ridges. God. The way he kept running his hands over his chest, Paul seemed to admire his body as much as she did. Then he reached down and undid the belt buckle on his pants. Oh, my God. Paul, she said, stop it. Paul was standing in between her and the path to the camp, smiling at her. Smile then, the smile seemed totally mean now. Suddenly, she felt clear-headed and sober, and the only thing she wanted to do was get out of here. She started forward, but he blocked her way, dodging back and forth as she tried to get around him. He was laughing, a mean, teasing laugh. I'm not letting you go, he threatened. <sighs> Paul, she said firmly, I'm not going to go skinny dipping with you. Get it? Now let me by. Paul smiled. His f smile was frozen on his face. You're such a baby, he said. You know what? I'm... Er, no. Paul's smile was frozen on his face. You're such a baby, he said. You know that? I mean, it's amazing. Let me go. You're worse than Albert, he said harshly. Why, did you try to get Albert skinny dipping? I can't believe I wasted any time on you, when I could have been with Monique. Carly's ears were burning. 
She felt as if all the heat in her body had suddenly rushed to her head. I'm sorry if I wasted a few minutes of your very busy schedule, she said, trying not to cry. Believe me, you're not going to get a second chance. She didn't bother to answer. Just waited until he finally stepped aside and let her by. He bowed and gestured as if to say, be my guest. She started up the path, walking as fast as she could. She'd only gone a few yards, and when she heard the zip, he had, <laughs> he had finished taking off his pants. The last thing she heard when she started up the path was Paul shouting happily as the, and the splash as he entered the water. It was a struggle, but she forced herself not to look back. You fucking... Nope. Not gonna say it. Not gonna get cancelled in 2023. But you know what I'm thinking. Hurt and angry, she walked fast. Soon she was deep in the dark woods, and she started getting this awful feeling. This feeling that she was not alone. <sighs> Come on, Carly, she told herself. Don't start getting scared now. She swept the flashlight beam through the woods on either side of her. The white light seemed eerie, the way it lit up the plants and trees in the middle of the darkness. And then she heard the squish of heavy boots on soggy leaves. She slowed her steps, heard, no heard nothing, kept going. Look at you, she chided herself. I don't know if that's a real word. I'm not, whatever. Paul was right. She was a scaredy cat. Full moon or not, it was dark. The thick threes... The thick threes blocked out almost all light. I think he meant to say trees, but the thick threes blocked out almost all light. You know, props to you, Willie. This is the, you know, it's been a while since you fucked up a sentence. But it was only a five-minute walk to the cabin. You know what it is? You're not, talk, you're not, you're not thinking about what's his face. Paul anymore. Oh, you're getting all discombobulated. But it was only a five-minute walk to the cabin. Carly told herself if she could make it five minutes without freaking out, too, a branch cracked. Was it the wind? No, there was no mistaking it now. Someone was following her. She stopped short, listening hard, her breath coming out in short gasps. But even over the sound of her own breathing, she could hear it now. The slight weathing breath of Paul? She turned sharply, shining the light back the way she came. There was no answer. I swear, Paul, she said. If you're trying to scare me, I will kill you. Do you hear me? You've already given me enough trouble for one night. Paul? Still no answer. And then something rustled nearby. Her head felt as if it was coming off. She was so scared. Something, someone, was thrashing in the woods. Coming hard now, like Willie jerking off to Kathleen Willowlight. Running right at her. It's something Willie cannot do. Carly turned and started running as well. Thin branches whipped her from all sides. A vine lashed her right in the face. But she didn't stop, because whoever was chasing her was quickly gaining ground. She ran faster, pumping her arms, and she hit a tree stump and fell hard, the ground coming up to smack her. Her flashlight landed with a crack on a nearby rock. Its light pointed up meaninglessly up the pale white bark of a birch tree. She was crying now. She was so scared. Her whole body felt numb. She scrambled to her feet and kept running, flailing her limbs wildly. But she must have run in the wrong direction, because she ran right into the killer's arms. Boom. I'm fucking done. I'm on page 73 of 119. And I have been talking for 43 minutes and 48 seconds. This book is garbage. 
I think William is in love with his character Paul. He wants to do nasty things to him. I'm not going to judge. You, you know, you masturbate to whatever you want to masturbate to, Willie. But I'm fucking done. I read three chapters, 9, 10, and 11. Fuck this book. Fuck you, Willie. Fuck everyone else. Good night. Hopefully I don't wait another three fucking months to read this. Fucking cheers, I guess. Happy birthday, shit stain.